morning. It's the gardening programme. We'll reveal all in a minute what oh. that giggle is about. You're welcome. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Porrick. How are you today? I'm great, great for <laughs> I was up to a couple of minutes ago anyway. All uh, good. All, all good. good. Okay, so we have... Uh, I had a little bit of wet weather since we were last talking. We Just Well, I suppose reasonable drenching. I was driving yesterday evening... Um, in, I suppose, what was probably the heaviest bit that we had come across. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a nice drive. I thought it was lovely getting up this morning and that, uh, you know, after could that... You smell, trip, yeah. You could, the freshness, the freshness. And look, at plants are just going to... It's really what we wanted. We didn't actually get enough rain, to be quite honest. Oh, and, uh, uh, and I know there's I some think, coming. You know, there's, there's more coming, yeah. There's more coming. And, don't, don't worry. And this coming week is going to be quite mixed. So I would advise listeners, really make, make use of the... The couple of dry days that we're still going to have or the dry patches we're going to have, um, you know, over today and particularly tomorrow, it's going to be quite dry. So, you know, things like if you have to do any kind of uh, spray treatments, for for example, you know, some of the rose clear treatments on roses at the moment because a lot of aphid and diseases around at the moment or uh, any weed control that you're thinking of doing or even just simple tasks of cutting the lawn and tidying up. Use the, the uh, this weekend really to complete those jobs. Jobs that you need, I suppose, a bit of dry weather for. Um, But it's been fantastic, really. Another great week. Uh, Plants are really coming on. You can see the white thorn. It's absolutely covered in flower at the moment. And I noticed uh, some of the laburnum coming out uh, during the week. They're absolutely beautiful at the moment. Um, And and it's continuing that theme, really, of those spring and early summer flowering plants are doing exceptionally well. All the fruiting plants have fruited extremely well. Um, so it's, it's been a great year. Lilacs, you see the lovely lilac, the old-fashioned cottage garden lilac is in full bloom at the moment. This is a great time of year for planting them as well. Um, so moisture conditions are still, you know, once you go below four to six inches, there's plenty of moisture still in the soil. So it's still great planting weather. And particularly with the sort of weather we're going to be getting this week, if you can get plants in over the weekend, um, those showers into next week are going to help to settle those plants in. So a great time to plant laburnums and lilacs and plants like that that are in flower at the moment. Before we get into the gardening thing, I just wanted to mention my team in Turlock and the yep. Garden Centre in Turlock. Be, least I forget. Yeah, and you better not. I, to, I tend to be guilty of that sometimes and then I go, oh, I meant to mention that. But so, our, yeah, our Pet please. World team asked me just to mention that they have a special uh, event next weekend. So that's Saturday the 20th and the 21st, Sunday the 21st. So next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, they have a free health check clinic for uh, people's pets, so be it dogs, cats, small animals, whatever. They'll have um, vets there. They'll have people on nutritional advice, dog training experts, oh, right. believe it or not. Uh, um, <laughs> I know of a dog that could do with a bit of that. So if you've got a family pet and you want some, I suppose, an NCT or a health check on, on your pet, then next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, it's a free event. We do it every twice a year. And um, it's really where people can book in. You you need to book because yeah. places are limited. Yeah. Um, so the number to ring is zero nine four nine zero three one four three five or three one four three six. That's our Turlock Centre in Castlebar. Ask for Jason or Jer, and they'll book you in. So it's next Saturday the twentieth and the twenty first Sunday the twenty first. So it's a free health check if you've got a new puppy or you've got an old ageing dog and you want some um, expert advice in terms of veterinary treatments, they'll weigh the dog as well for you just to check the actual the weight. Wish, yeah. <laughs> and also nutritional advice, dog training, any kind of behaviour issues, they'll deal with those over the weekend. So it's next Saturday and Sunday in our Turlock Centre. You do need to book because places are limited and um, you're allocated a time slot and you get to see each of the experts. 
Um, so, and is it just for dogs or is it... Uh, no, you can bring uh, family pets. Yeah. So, well, so you whatever know, it is. Manageable <laughs> family pets. So your, your dog, cat, Maybe small no animals, birds. Maybe or anything like that, yeah. but yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and certainly bring them along. And um, So we run that every year. Okay. They just asked me to remind, there's a couple of free spots still uh, available for Saturday and Sunday. So just ring the centre, 0949031435. Talk to Jason and Cher and they'll book you in. Okay, sounds like it's going to be a busy so that's weekend. My, yeah. That's me off the hook. Um, um, so, you, did I see you coming in with a bit of a plant I brought in, there? I, I mentioned a plant to you last week. A plant, um, so a listener asked last week about a particularly nice bedding plant, a plant in a, a kind of mass planting mm. in a, I think it was in a, a board or a bed. And the plant I mentioned was a plant called Nemesia, which is an old cottage garden plant. And this looks, is actually It looks like a, wa- a bit like a wallflower, is I suppose it? the flower is similar, but they come in a whole range of, of um, very, very bright, striking colours. It's often described as a riot of colour because oh, it's a very dazzling show of colour in pinks and reds and this is a particularly orange variety um, they're quite nice they're very colourful um, they do come in a perennial form as well so I brought you in two varieties that are actually perennial in, in both oh, the yellow right. and that burgundy red so and Nemesia, yeah, the burgundy red Nemesia. now the yellow is lovely but the burgundy red is very striking isn't it and yes. they're both planted together look really well so they're ideal say for a rockery or a large bed or somewhere you want them to creep out across the ground but in terms of flowering Nemesia starts to flower now so it's a relatively early flowering um, border plant but will continue to flower if you deadhead the flowers periodically during the summer they continue to fly right up, up to the autumn. And um, so you have it in the bedding form, but you also have it in the perennial form as well. So they're quite nice. Nice splash of colour. Great in pots and containers as well. I often use the ordinary common bedding one in uh, hanging baskets. It's a great filler and it flowers early. It flowers way before the petunias and the uh, trailing bacopas and so mm. on. So it, it's great to put in, to fill up a basket quickly, to add a splash of colour and it gives a nice kind of upright height in the centre of a hanging basket. So three or four plants planted in the centre of your hanging basket, maybe with a red geranium, just gives that extra added splash of colour and helps to fill up the basket as well. They're excellent in window boxes, and containers. So that's Nemesia. So, okay. Really easy plant. It's an old cottage garden plant and um, but very, very easy to grow and very, very colourful. It's very reliable. Tomatoes, yes. I mentioned them last week, but again, just to remind people that this is the time, if you're thinking of growing a couple of tomatoes and the weather is superb at the moment for growing them. There's two really good varieties I, I, I picked last night. One is a variety called Sweet, Super Sweet, which is the small cherry tomatoes really really sweet very very good flavour and you literally get hundreds of fruit from this particular plant so it's a tomato called super sweet easy to grow it'll grow about five six feet in height great in a potter container a good way to grow them is in the grow bags but rather than growing them the traditional way of putting three plants in a flat grow bag i often cut the grow bag in two and make two pots as it were does that make sense cut it it down the middle yeah so you've and you've create, you put them up on their ends and you actually create two, two pots, pots. Yeah, okay. as it were. And, and it's an easier way to keep them water because often in the grow bags they grow, they're very hard to water, particularly as they start to That's mature. That's a very good tip for it, actually. So cut yeah. it in two, put it up on its edge and plant one or two plants in each of the... So with one grow bag you, you get two or, you know, two or maybe possibly four plants if you have two in each container. So it's a great way to grow them. The other one I like is Roma, which is a plum... Oh yes, they so have very nice, nice, very good for cooking. Now they're small tomatoes, though, are they? Um, they're they're are reasonable they? size, about egg size, oh, about the size yeah. of an egg. Yeah, um, but they're fleshier. Roma. It's um, so if you're making sauces and things exactly. like that, it's perfect. a thicker, fleshier variety of of tomato. So it's particularly good for cooking. It can be used in salads as well, in sandwiches. It cuts very very easily. Um, so it's a more fleshy variety. But there's lots of great varieties like Shirley. Um, plenty of really good varieties available at the moment. 
Speaking about tomatoes mm-hmm. and veg in general, again, just to remind listeners that to continue to plant veg, vegetable plants, lettuce plants, cabbage, uh, cauliflower, parsnips are available in plants at the moment. If you haven't sown the seed yet, you can get them in little baby plants. Beetroot varieties are all available in plants. So continue to start plant the veg, even if you planted some a couple of weeks back. But it's now, as we go into the kind of mid-May, it's a great time to replant the veg garden. And Or for listeners that haven't done any, this is the time to get them done. Because with this heat, and the day length, the the, um, the sunlight period we have, you'll get very, very strong growth on vegetable plants. So it's a really good time. And it's not, not too late to sow some seed as well um, for vegetable plants in general. The other key thing with the rain coming is the feeding of plants. So if you haven't fed your trees, shrubs, your roses, flowering plants in general, this is, would be a good weekend to get on some granulated fertiliser. The rain will wash it in the couple of showers you spoke mm. about yesterday or the, you know, in this coming week. So if you haven't fed your roses, your trees and shrubs, I would feed them this weekend with that imminent rain coming. It'll wash it in and plants are going to respond to the, the showers with very strong growth. So if they've got the fertiliser there, you're maximising that. So you can expect to see a real spurt now. You, really. you can, and, and really plants need to be fed now. So if you're, you know, if things are looking a little bit yellowish or they need a bit of a feeding, then certainly get the fertiliser on this weekend. And if you've planted bedding plants or plants and newly planted plants, it's a good idea to give them some liquid feeds as well. So, you know, the traditional miracle Grow or Osmo Universal or one of the liquid feeds, tomato feed is quite good on many flowering plants as well. So this is the time, there's a strong sense of feeding plants um, from particularly during the month of May and early June because that's when they're actively growing and um, we control I mentioned so keep an eye on that the garden hoe is still one of the best ways of particularly in warm weather of keeping weeds down um, so so just keep on top of that and but I, I do notice quite a bit of disease coming around rust in particular which is orange spots on the on the underside of leaves is beginning to show itself. It, it often appears in dry weather like we're having. Mildews are also beginning to appear, which is a white powdery, like a dusting of flour on the leaves of plants. Yeah. And particularly in dry weather, that can come to the fore. So if you have sense, plants that are sensitive to any diseases, like roses in particular, then give them a, an application of rose clear and keep them clean. Yeah. Uh, and again, use the dry weather to get that on. So they're just kind of a couple of hints and tips. I suppose really, look, there's a sense of using the good weather we're having for the next two days, get the lawn trimmed, um, you know, get on top of the weeds. If they have any spraying to do, obviously get that done. And um, the feeding of plants in particular, I would advise as well. And also the planting of plants. Yes. It'll be very good for getting plants into the ground um, because it's the soil is lovely and warm at the moment. And with that rain coming, we're going to get very strong growth. Okay, great stuff. So, so that's kind of my list of things no, to well, do at the yeah, moment. Well, I if know we were to get through all of that list for it, we'd be doing pretty well now over the next couple of days. But lots uh, for lots people. to do. Yeah, yeah. And make use of the, make use of the good weather. Yeah, because really, I, these are kind of the critical weeks to just get that good bit of show of colour. What what you're looking for and come towards the end of June into July. Exactly. Uh, that if that bit of work is done now, no. you really will be- yeah. reap the benefits. Yeah, so sowing and reaping principle is what we do now. You pay off, and you know, if you plant the vegetables now, you're going to have them in June and July and August. Same with the bedding plants, same with the hanging baskets. Get them planted up now. Okay, just before we go to the break, you might just give those numbers again uh, so for the uh, people want to book pet their pets NCT. In. Yeah, so pet it's, NCT. So it's our Turlock Centre in yeah. Castle Bar. So it's zero nine four nine zero three one four three five or 0949031436. But just ring the Turlock Centre, ask for Jason or Jer, and they'll book you in. And no places are limited, so there's, you know, do ring them in the next 
couple of minutes if you can. Okay. We talked a little bit last week about, uh, somebody had a query about putting washing powder, uh, I think it was on tarmac surface. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it was a hard surface. Um, so Helen is in Ballina and her, Helen's question is, I was just wondering if you can tell me uh, wh- that when I'm putting washing powder on the moss that's on my lawn, do I have to wet the powder or put it on dry? <laughs> Helen... <laughs> don't put it on your don't lawn. Don't put it either. on your lawn. No, no. Washing powder is often used on, on hard surface areas, tarmacad and paving slabs um, to kill moss. And, and really it's it's the ammonia and bleach in the in the powder that kills the moss off. It dries it up. Um, and what you often find in dry weather like we're having at the moment, if you do put it on, it stays for days and days and, and kind of sits there on the... It nearly discolours the um, the paving. You know, it turns it white. You need heavy rain or you need to power hose it off. But it's not suitable for moss on the lawn. Stick to the zero, or which is, you know, a lot safer to use. Yeah. It's liquid. It's specifically for lawn moss and you can still use it at this time of year. But washing powder is going to burn your grass and all. Yeah, be used diligently, please. Like washing powder, it works on the hard surfaces, yeah. but there are other methods. They are. Yeah. There are methods that are specifically So for paving and slabs, if, you have got tar, if you've got um, moss on them, use the pack, which is specifically for it. Um, but on your lawn, look, it stick to the zero. It's safe, it's tried and tested. It's, it works very, very quickly and very, very fast. Right, seeing as we're on lawns, we're going, I'm going to, there's a couple yeah, of lawn questions now and I'll try to club these together for you. So firstly, putting in a new lawn, the soil is ready, but lots of new weeds showing. Can I kill these first and what's safe to use? And I know also somebody uh, down here had said they hadn't really attended to their lawn at all as yet. So they're wondering, it's a bit on the yellow side now um, and they're presuming hungry, what feed to yeah, use so and weed control, etc. For exi- existing lawns, certainly the uh, if you get on a proprietary lawn feed now, the Osmo would be quite good. Applied park and fairway if you haven't got too much moss in it is very good. Um, if you've got moss in the lawn, put on the zero first and that works within two days. Then put on a lawn feed. That'll green it up, particularly with the rain that's that's going to come, um, would be ideal. And if you've got them bits of bobs of weeds, leave the lawn after feeding it for about six to seven days because the weeds respond to the fertiliser as well. It becomes soft and more susceptible to lawn weed killers. And then you can apply something like dicoflar or one of the traditional lawn weed killers across the lawn and that'll control um, buttercups and daisies and you know general broadleaf weeds in the lawn and this is a really good time to treat them because they're actively growing they're soft they're more susceptible to the treatment so for listeners that may have fed their lawn a week or two ago this would be a really good time to control weeds because they are going to start to seed in the next couple of weeks and spread that seed across the lawn again so it's a good time to kind of stop them in their tracks as it were and in relation to the, the listener that has the the lawn ready for sowing mm. with the young weeds coming. Mm. If you use something like like Weed Free 360, that will kill any weeds that are there without contaminating the soil. So if you apply the weed killer today, the weeds will die, you know, by Wednesday or Thursday of next week, and then you can sow the lawn straight away. There's no contamination in the soil. So Weed Free 360 would be ideal to put on over that area. Now this this is a new lawn, remember, there's no grass there. The listener is only trying to kill the weeds that are there at the moment, so don't mix up the two. So Weed Free 360 is to be used where you want to eliminate young weed seedlings before you sow a new lawn or if you're putting in you you say a new hedge or whatever and you just want to get rid of the weeds that are there for existing lawns use something like a specific lawn weed killer dicoflower or um, Hytrol do a very good one as well. So ask in your local garden centre. Be, be very careful in terms of weed killers and what you apply. Right. So make sure you get the right product for the right purpose. 
Um, but the Weed Free 360 in this case would be would be ideal for killing off those weed seedlings. Great. Now we planted a large bed of cottage garden plants and summer bedding plants. What food should I use and how often should I feed plants? Well, normally at this time of year, you would feed them. I would use a granulated feed on the cottage garden plants. So if it's kind of things like penstemons and lupins and arum lilies, they tend to be hungry feeders. So use a rose fertiliser would be good or um, Osmo Pro 6, which is a tree and shrub fertiliser. And generally once a month is, is sufficient. If you're using liquid feeds every two weeks is generally for most liquid feeds, you'd apply them every every fortnight. Um, but a granulated feed around the base, them again, get it on this weekend, it'll wash in and it'll be of benefit because the plants are actively growing at the moment. So a great time to feed them. Now, uh, somebody planted calabrese in March, a very strong growth, but no Calabrese, oh yeah, the broccoli, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, so they yeah. notice some caterpillars on top of the leaves. So wondering, can they treat those now? Oh, they can, yeah. And use, use um, again, something that, and you're going to see that with the warm weather, you're going to see lots of aphids, lots of black fly, green fly, white fly, um, you're going to see the caterpillars now um, hatching out. So use something safe on anything that's edible. So the PY spray that we mentioned a couple of weeks mm-hmm. back is very good. It's a natural product. It'd be ideal for the calabrese. That won't start to form its heads until the middle of June, late June. So um, apply that now. That'll get rid of the caterpillars. You'll often find them on the underside of the leaves as well. So sp- spray top and bottom. And again, this weekend would be ideal to do that. Now, people kind of generally wondering, can they put out uh, their bedding plants, their hanging baskets from now on? It's still a tad early. Is it? It is. You could still get frost up to the first or second week of June. So, you know, you could chance it. <laughs> okay, it might be okay. <laughs> now, some bedding plants are hardy annuals. Mm. So things like sweet Depends pea. Depends on what you have in them, I suppose. Correct. Then. Sweet pea are fine. That nemesia that I yeah. talked about, I actually planted that last weekend myself in a bed. So... White alisum is, is hardy. English marigolds, not the French, but the English marigolds are hardy. Stocks are hardy out of doors. So plants that are hardy annuals, by the word hardy means that they'll tolerate degrees of frost. They can be planted out of doors, no problem. But there are certain varieties like salvia, begonias, basilisies, marigolds, the French marigold, softer plants that if you get a heavy night's frost or if you get a very cold temperatures at night time, um, they'll be damaged. So my advice really for the more tender plants is keep nurse them on still in the greenhouse or the tunnel or on a sunny windowsill or somewhere sheltered in the garden. Or if you have them out of doors at night time, put a little bit of fleece over the top of them. A friend of mine, I was talking to somebody in, in Wicklow during the week and they said they had very severe frost on the east coast Which is on Wednesday night Tuesday or Wednesday night of this week so we still can get frost we generally don't get it here on the west coast as, as late but that's not to say we don't we won't get and you can do all your planting and now hanging baths are a little bit different because they're up off the ground at this time of year we tend to get grass frost or ground frost whereas we t- tend not to get air frost oh. so frost settles it's heavy so it, it, it actually sets so your grass freezes but four foot up in the air, <laughs> you don't get the same level of frost. So hanging baths would be a little bit easy. You know, I'd be... You could chance them you a bit more. You could chance them a little bit more. But you're only chancing them. <laughs> We're not telling you to do it. <laughs> so look at, for most bedding plants, the first or second week of June is generally a safer bet. And um, unless they're hardy, as I mentioned, like anthriniums or those English marigolds or the nemesia that I planted, they're perfectly fine out of doors. So yeah. just, it depends what they are. Okay. So the I softer don't... plants... Be a little bit cautious just yet. Okay. And you lose nothing by just holding them back a week or so. You can still be watering them, feeding them, bringing them on. They can be out of doors, but cover them at nighttime with some fleece or bring them in at nighttime. 
I suppose the fact that the sun is shining of and course. we all are mad to get a bit of colour Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah, so we like, can completely totally understand yeah, people's enthusiasm. Totally understand. And what I would do with most bedding plants, if they're beginning to show a bit of flower, you often get a kind of early flower on salvia or marigolds. Take those off. Pinch them back. Take off the flowers off them. That encouraged the plant to get bushier, fuller, more branches, more flowers for the summer. Now, I had an ericaceous compost delivered by mistake instead of seed and potting compost. Can I use okay. it anyway? Uh, you can. The difference with ericaceous, but what we mean by mm. that is it's, it's used mainly for lime-hating plants, so it contains no lime. Basically, it's pure acidic. Um, most seeds will germinate in that fine. So if it's only a small bag that you've got, um, if you bought a truckload of it, that's different. I would change it. But if it's only a bag or so, then, and you're sowing kind of traditional veg and, and um, bedding plants and the ericaceous fine or uh, compost will be perfectly fine for sowing most seeds um, so you have no problem there really Okay uh, So go ahead and use it use and um, yeah the ba- basic difference it still has the same nutrition as, as other compost it just doesn't have the lime content um, so uh, but, but seeds will still germinate perfectly fine in it Okay, sorry. Now just you see lots of weeds that germinate in in in, in peat and bog and, and all of that, so there'll be no problem. The oh. seeds germinating. You know, great times to still sow seeds. Get a seed tray, fill it with the compost. Have it moist but not too wet. Sow the seeds, cover them with cling film. Sit them on your windowsill. They'll be up in six or seven days. My winter flowering heathers have finished flowering now. Should okay. I cut back and what to feed them with? Yeah, cut them back now. Um, you'll probably notice a little bit of young growth starting on them. But make sure with heathers that you don't cut them severely. So you're cutting them back maybe four to six inches. You're giving them a trim and then give them a, a handful of fertiliser. So again, the Osmo Pro 6 would be ideal. Granulated feed around the base of them. So just trim them back. You don't have to be snipping each branch back. You can literally with a large shears or a hedge trimmers, you know, large hedge trimmers, mm. just literally shear them back. Not too severely. Four to six inches is enough to take off them. And then once you have that done, sprinkle the fertiliser around the base of them and that'll encourage. Because whatever growth that the heathers make this summer whatever new growth they make this summer, that's where they bear their flowers next year. And by trimming them now, you keep them young, bushy, you you cut out some of the kind of old wood in the heather and you keep them young and rejuvenated. So it is important to feed them after trimming. Uh, my strawberries are in the tunnel and they have set fruit, small right. green fruits. Do I still have time to plant some more for fruiting later in the summer? Oh, you have. You've still plenty of time to plant new strawberries. Yeah, mm. so, so get yourself some young plants. You can plant more in the tunnel and they, they'll come into fruit three to four weeks later than, than what the you've got now. at the moment. Or indeed, you could plant some outside. Outside in the garden, they're perfectly fine for planting out of doors. The frost won't affect them and they'll come into flower in the next week or two and uh, bear fruit in kind of June, July for you. So it's a great Excellent. idea of yeah. have a bit of succession planting. Um, they tell me that um, just a uh, a bit of useless yes. information, but for commercially, what they do is they they uh, the growers will put the strawberry plants into a chiller, into a fridge, so it keeps them dormant, and they, they take out maybe you know a couple of hundred plants every couple of weeks and, and plant, plant them. them. So the chiller actually keeps them suspended. Uh, you know, they don't grow. They're, they're, it's like having the plant in wintertime. It's just sitting there. Dormant. Dormant. So it's literally in a fridge. And they take the young little runners out, maybe some in May, some in June, some in July, some in August, and plant them. And that's how we get fruit 12 months of the year. How? Because I do wonder about that. <laughs> and you know, sometimes you see, uh, you see the Irish strawberries and you, like, maybe in March, I think. Yeah. 
And I go, how do they do uh, the Irish story? And I know, I know Keelings, Keelings are a huge company yeah. and they have an incredible setup all together. Absolutely amazing. Uh, and I did notice and I said, how are Keelings doing those That's strawberries? They were like, we're not quite in season yet at no. all. So they so refrigerate the plants. It. The plants are actually held in, 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 in suspension, I yeah. suppose, in a fridge. And then they take out maybe, you know, whatever they need. Once that first crop is gone, they take out the new plants and that's how they do it. You'll yeah. never look at a strawberry the same way. Because I always look to see where they've come from. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. That, that's, well, and, here and in and Ireland... And then when I say, well, how do, how do we do the Irish ones? So there you Keenans go, Mystery can nearly, They can nearly grow them all year round now. Yeah. And that's what they do. They just keep the plants. They fool the plant into thinking it's... It's, it's, it's springtime, it's springtime. So in the middle of August. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. permanently April in yeah, Keelings. Yeah. Um, my st- uh, so beech trees, Pork, sorry, in plots about 15 years. One has died It's because it's in a wet spot, says Michael. What might I be able to do with this or how? Well, if it has died, like Michael's yeah. dead right. Beech, I suppose replacing it maybe is probably, maybe what he's considering. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, beech won't grow in wet, damp areas so it, it's a plant that needs re- reasonably free draining soil and you'll often see this in a hedge where you know part of the hedge may be planted where it's low lying it's catching water and you know and, and inches make all the difference in terms of the you know terrain so if 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 there's moisture around the roots it squeezes out the oxygen and the, the, the roots of beech die so that it is a plant for free draining relatively free draining soil if there's if it's holding water you're going to lose the plant so really michael should consider planting it somewhere pick it pick a different spot in the garden or else drain that area yeah well if you raise the soil 15 together uh or they're 50 oh they're 15 years sorry 15 so. years yeah i'm surprised it has last so long but but the beach is not a plant for wet ground it, it needs free draining soil so either raise the soil put in some stone improve the drainage and raise the soil area and replant or plant it some plant a new beech tree somewhere else in the garden now there's rabbits eating my new lavender plants all new growth has been eaten Uh, will they come back Uh, the lavender plants presumably not the rabbits (laughs) and how do we stop the rabbits Uh, I don't really want to have to net the plants okay well first of all lavender will come back from 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 rabbit attack so they're only eating the young growth um, and, and kind of nearly they're, like the heathers they're pruning the plant back so it'll come back from that as long as you get, get, get can control the rabbits you can use a, a treatment called grazers remember we featured that mm-hmm. before grazers is very effective on um, it's particularly effective for rabbits and hares it'll also control deer um, I've given it some to somebody recently in Mulrani to try for goats they have oh, a problem with goats and right, so they're and going to try that out for okay. me and see how it works for the goats in Mulroney to see will they keep them and off any feedback on that, not yet I, I, that, that was only this week right. um, so I hope they've applied it and it'll just be interesting to see but it's certainly great reports in terms of rabbits, hares and deer pigeons actually that, that are eating um, cabbage leaves and that it's very effective on that so it's a treatment called grazers it's safe to use in both edible and non-edible plants so lavender would be ideal put it on spray it onto the foliage and when the rabbit comes back it just, just dislikes the taste there's calcium in the in the grazers treatment and they, it's kind of acidic it t- doesn't taste very well and the plants will come back perfectly flying, fine you need to put on the treatment about every about once a month depending on the weather if it's very wet you need to re- repeat it maybe every fortnight but once a month is generally very effective um, so that's a great way of keeping all grazing animals off oh. Uh, young plants or vegetable plants. So it's a, a treatment called grazers. You mix it up in a sprayer, you spray it onto the foliage of the plant and that controls 
Now, a couple of hedging questions as well. We're putting in a, a green hedge this weekend and I was thinking of a different colour somewhere in between. Okay. Uh, any don't, suggestions? They don't say about green hedge. There. No, no. Okay. no. Uh, also, I have a reminder on my phone to put out my cactus. Good. Oh, the cactus, right. Well, don't put the cactus out again until until about the first or second week of June um, until the weather re- really warms up. And that It's probably the um, Easter or Christmas cactus the listener has and it does very well out of doors for the summer but not until the weather um, you know until, until it's frost free in terms of the hedge mm. it depends really what hedge if you want to add a bit of colour plants like um, purple leafed berberus makes a very there's a variety called um, Thimbergia superba and it's a, a purple leafed the colour of dillisk even better it's, it's, it's even a reddish the colour of wine uh, the burgundy wine colour so that's berberus purple uh, leafed berberus makes a very good hedge you've got Fortinia red robin for adding colour yeah. into a hedge which is quite good you've also got copper beech which adds adds lovely colour um, again copper beech is that purpley colour you could also add in golden privet which is yellow and green leaves um, which is quite good and I'd variegation you've also got variegated grisolinia which has, again, variegation in the leaf. So there's quite a number of plants you can use. It depends what green hedge. If they're putting in green beech, well, then put in maybe some purple beech to contrast to contrast. Colour. That'd be nice. Um, if, it's, if they're putting in grisliny or privet, then put in golden privet or put in some of the purple leaf berberus. All of those plants will grow four, five, six feet in height in terms of hedging. Fortinia red robin makes a good plant up to, again, five, six feet in height. So any of those plants can be. And it's a great time of year for planting hedges in general. Now we have a listener as well with um, their houses beside the new greenway in Newport. It's looking for some okay. screening evergreen hedge or plants. What do you recommend? Well, again, depending on the height mm. the listener wants. If it's that sounds like privacy now to me. Sounds know, like well, they want instant well, <laughs> cover. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so if it's privacy, say up, if say you want something up to six or seven or eight feet, you could go for. Um, there's plenty of hedging options. Newport, if it's open to the sea, I would recommend the Silver Edge, the Iliagnus. Um, silver edge which has got that silver foliage evergreen very tough it'll make a good six or eight foot hedge and t- it'll tolerate the salt and wind um, you've got the common laurel green laurel if you want something really tall um, privet that I mentioned the golden and green privet make good good hedging and screening you've also got trees evergreen trees so um, I'm thinking of evergreen oak which is a very nice tree slow growing makes um retains its foliage 12 months of the year quite good in exposed areas as well not very fast growing which is good as well so it kind of grows nice and slowly but makes a it would be great as a full stop if there was a window you wanted to block then evergreen oak would be a really nice plant you've also got a, a tree called Cotoneaster canubia which is an evergreen uh, flowering and burying tree so it's it retains its dark green leaves 12 months of the year flowers in April and May and berries for autumn, winter and early spring so bright red berries so that's Cotoneaster canubia you'll buy it as a 6 or 7 foot plant it'll grow to maybe 15 to 18 feet in height and as I say you've got the leaves all year round you've got the flowers in the spring mm-hmm. and you've got the lovely berries in the autumn so there's, there's quite an, a good choice be it hedging and you can get your hedging plants literally six foot high if you want they need an instant effect you can literally get the plants that height to go in wow, okay. so you've got an instant effect uh, the questions are giving us a bit of a laugh this morning but uh, in, in the best possible there's way certainly there's certainly a good variety a great anyway. variety of questions today <laughs> so can we ask Porik about blue Danube potatoes you can bought some recently but don't know anything about them just like the name you're Mike Mike <laughs> the gardener listener and they're early uh, they, and they are early of the main season and what are they er- of the early main season and what about 
about taste. What so okay. have you ever eaten the blue, blue Daniel blue by Daniel have, potatoes? Uh, Are they blue? They're, well, they're actually a purpley, a really, really dark purple colour uh, on the skin. So they're a very unusual colour, first of all. So I suppose that's the way they get their name, Blue Dam Renew. They're actually in the Sapro family, which are uh, a variety of potato that was grown in Hungary. Sapro. Sapro. And they're grown specifically for their blight resistance. Oh. So they're speci- they're particularly good here in Ireland. But Blue Danube, the, the Sapros, they come in, there's other varieties like Zone and, and um, Sapromira, the listeners would probably know um, they, they, they would have been promoted certainly for the blight resistant but Blue Danube is a really good variety first of all um, it's got that purple f- outer skin so it's a very unusual colour the flesh is white or slightly yellow and it's extremely flowery it's a real they sound like definitely it's a real it's good good ones for it's Ireland an, it's an excellent variety so you've got you've got unusual colour first of all in the skin but the flesh is, is white or, or slightly yellow and um, very dry matter, so a very flowery potato. So very good for roasting, chipping, um, you know, baking in general, or or just eating eating normally. But they make actually great chips. Um, so so, and it's it's uh, it's not a first early, but it's it's really like a second early. So it's a kind of an early main crop variety. So if you plant it now, you'd certainly be digging the tubers mid July late July sort of period. So I'd highly recommend it. Um, great for blight resistance. You really don't have to spray it for, for blight control. Um, the other th- interesting thing with it is it actually stores extremely well. So even though it's early, it will actually store through the winter. Many, many potatoes will sprout. Cursed pink will often sprout quite early. Oh it just sits there right through the winter period. So it stays dormant. The buds don't come on it. The little buds don't come on, on it. Um, so that makes it suitable for planting late in the season. So if you plant it even now or a couple of weeks' time late, mm. later, you can actually grow it as a main crop variety and store them through the winter. So it's well worth planting Blue Danube. You'll find it an excellent variety. You've got blight resistance, great flavour, unusual colour on the outer skin. It doesn't need spraying. Good cropper. So what more can I say? Uh, well, listener, you might have just liked the name of it, but I think well, you might be variety. very glad that you yeah. that, that you it, went with your gut instinct. And for our, our for our Irish palate, we love those dry. We, certainly, I do. Anyway, it's like a golden wonder. It's that kind of a dry like content. Flowery, yeah, the flowery potato, yeah. and it, it it soaks up the butter. Yeah, I so think, it's maybe. a good one. It's a good one. I planted. It's it's you probably won't you don't see it too often, but it's it's well worth growing. Blue Danube potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what what weed killer can be used where vegetables are being sown? Well, if you haven't sown any vegetables, say you've a, a sterile piece of ground or a piece of ground that you've rotivated or dug and it's, it, there's bits of weeds coming and you want to plant vegetables into it, use the Weed Free 360, the one I recommended for the lawn, um, for the guy, the, the person putting in the new lawn. The, basically, the re- reason I recommend that is that once you put it onto the surface of the soil, it kills the weeds that are there. It's systemic. It goes down into the root of the plant and kills docks and um, scutch grass and the more perennial weeds as well as annual weeds. But it doesn't contaminate the soil. So you can sow your, the seeds of vegetables or the plants of vegetables within a week and um, they'll grow on. And it's a good way of kind of clearing the soil before you get the vegetables in because those weeds are just going to come anyway. So um, it's often a, a trick we use is to, you know, get the ground ready, get the ridges ready and leave them for a couple of weeks for the weeds to show themselves. And same thing when preparing a lawn. It's often a good idea to get all the, the soil ready, leave the ground fallow for a week or two, let the weeds show themselves, then put on a treatment and then put in the seed. And it just means that you're eliminating maybe 70 or 80% of the weed seeds that were going to come anyway. Perfect. So. Now, uh, Jean has a problem with rhubarb leaves. They have holes and the leaves are red and yellow. 
the leaves are red and yellow. Mm. Well, that's certainly for the, the damage on the leaf. There's two things that will attack rhubarb at the moment, and I see a lot of snail activity at the, at the moment. So snails will eat rhubarb. Um, the other thing that will eat it is um, a, a little pest called flea beetle, which is a very, very small, shiny beetle that eats holes in the leaves, very like slug damage, but they're kind of pinholes and also slightly larger holes in the leaf. Now, you can use a, a proprietary um, treatment. The PY spray would actually work very well on those. The yellowing and redness is a sign that the plant is either under water stress, mm-hmm. so it's too dry, and I mentioned this last week, that rhubarb, you need to soak rhubarb really well because it's full of, 90% of it is, mo- is moisture, is water. And once we get, when we get into dry weather, it's fairly surface rooting as well. So when we get dry, a dry period, as we've had, rhubarb comes under water stress very, and you'll see the red pigment and the yellow pigment coming through. You'll also get that if they're hungry, if they haven't been fed or they're over, they've grown too, too, too much into the one clump. They're in the same piece of ground for maybe five, six, seven years and they haven't been split and divided and moved around rhubarb. The leaves start getting smaller, they start to go a yellowish colour, yellow, uh, reddish yellowish colour and that's a sign they're under stress or under water or feeding stress just space stress. So what would I do? I'd give them a good watering mm-hmm. I would feed them now and then if you if you want to control the um, just keep an eye to see either slugs or snails will actually damage the stem as well as the leaf so you'll often see rasping along the stem of, of rhubarb, that's a sure sign it's slug or it's snail damage and in dry weather snails are very active they're very active in the last couple of weeks um, so just keep an eye out on that, go out at night time just check them and see uh, and if there is just use your proprietary slug treatments. Now could we just uh, I know we're reiterating one or two things, could we uh, repeat the name of the plant we talked about for rockeries at the start of the programme? Well the plant I mentioned was the uh, Nemesia, the ground covering Nemesia. These are um, two colours that I particularly like one is one called Burgundy, Nemesia Burgundy Um, so when you buy it as a plant it's probably a foot in diameter already but Mm -hmm. it's great for creeping across the ground on a rockery or board or a slope um, it's just coming into flower now so if you plant it now it'll flower for the rest of the season do remember to deadhead it during the, the season and there's a, another variety called Angel Art Banana which is a yellow version of, of the thing but just go into your local garden centre look for the Nemesia uh, varieties they'll be in big pots and they're great in rockeries and borders and pots and Slopes. And now, Packy Joe is in Carrick and Shannon, and yeah. wondering is there is there still time left to sow potatoes and cabbage plants, or is it getting a bit late? Well, get them into the ground. If you've got the potatoes, um, no, more, no more than our blue Danube uh, listener. If you've got them, get them into the ground. They'll still grow perfectly fine. You have up to the end of May to plant potatoes um, and often people buy them, put them into the garage and forget about them. So put them into the ground they'll they'll grow perfectly fine Um, and in in terms of cabbage, yeah you've got weeks, you know, you can plant cabbage you can still sow the seed of cabbage if you wish um, particularly the autumn and winter varieties but plants are available in garden centres get them into the ground within six or seven weeks they'll produce good sized heads for you and uh, so, someone Mick is wondering about is it too late to plant bare root uh, white thorn uh, will they die and have to be replaced at the back end of the year well the bare root season starts in October mid-October November yeah, once I, would have, I, would have, I would have thought we were out of it at this and stage. up to March yeah. yeah now having said that so traditionally it's October to March having said that following on from our strawberry <laughs> discussion yeah often hedging plants again are refrigerated so you'll often see bare root plants available for sale in, you know, late spring, early summer because they've been put into a, ref- literally into a fridge and uh, suspended right. in, in terms of growth. So they'll often be available. The, the trouble is the, trying to get them to root 
before we get very warm weather. So trying to plant them at this time of year, you tend to get a lot of failures with them. If you're not in a rush, my advice is to leave it till the autumn. Put them in in the autumn, uh, October, because they've got the whole winter then to root, start developing a good root system before we come into the the growth in, in springtime. So generally, autumn planting is better. Having said that, if you can get them, if they're refrigerated plants and they're still very dormant, and you're, you like to get them in, well then certainly get them in, keep them well watered and see what happens. Now, apple trees have just finished flowering. Yes. Seems like a huge amount of small fruits on each branch. I read I should thin out the fruits to just a few. So what should is the approach here on this? Okay, well, first of all, the listener's dead right. Apples were smothered in flowers this year and the bees got a good crack at them. So we're going to have a great year in terms of fruit. Hopefully, if the rest of the summer stays reasonable, we'll have a very, very heavy fruiting um, period and on, 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 on even pears are, are very good this year. Now, the thing with apples is they, during June, there's a thing called the June drop. And do you remember that? You do? Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> Only when you said the word June, I said, oh yeah. That's... The June drop. So this is, this is where in nature, um, when pl- fruiting plants naturally abort maybe 30 or 40% of, of their fruitless. So what I, I suppose what I'm basically saying is don't do anything just yet. Wait for June to come through. So wait for the June drop to occur. The tree itself will abort probably 50% of the fruit. If there's still a lot of fruit, fruits on the tree at that stage, at the end of June, you could certainly thin them. They'll be about the size of a, a gobstopper okay. you know, or a ball bearing at that stage. And you can, if you want, you can go out and thin out some of the fruits at that stage. So if the listener does it now, We'll, all, we'll get the June drop as well you might and re- you might you take might too much off. Yeah. So I would let nature take its course and there's nothing really to be done. If, you're, if you've got some rose clear or some of the rose treatments, I would put that on every couple of weeks onto the apple trees. They've finished flowering now, the bees won't be visiting them so it's very safe to use from now on and that just keeps them free of any pest and disease. Apart, at the thinning then, you leave that till about the first week of July. So let the June drop occur and then... Uh, you can thin them in July if if need if you need so if you need to do it but um, but yeah they are fruit they've fruited very heavily this year now we we have a tip from an Ackle listener okay. Pork. yeah great um, they're saying do you, did you know that geraniums are one of the few flowers that sheep won't eat so for any area that you have sheep roaming these are great plants for your pots brilliant. There you go. Try and test it. Try and Every test day it, is a yeah. school day. Every, there, yeah. <laughs> There's a good, great tip. Well, it is in a my great words. Tip. Well done. Thank you for that, Uncle Listener. Um, and geraniums have that kind of a, you know, I was going to say that geranium type taste, but there is a, a, sm- a smell, isn't there, of geranium leaves that you get. Um, so, yeah, that's interesting. Now, a couple of questions I noticed in relation to daffodils and tulips that have stopped flowering and people wondering about cutting them back or should they let them die themselves? So is it the same approach for both or is it different? Yeah, same approach for both. You should allow them to die back. No, daffodils should be well died back at this stage. Uh, so they should be, you know, nearly at the yellow stage. Once they go yellow, you can kind of clean off the leaves and tidy them back. Or um, if they're still very green, you can bend down the stems and, and put a rubber band on them and tidy them up. But generally, it's six weeks after flowering is the is the um, that's the period you the leave them. To, yeah, the rule of thumb. So look at it. We're well. We should be well at that stage um, with daffodils. Certainly, um, tulips have have just finished in the last couple of weeks. So again, what you can do with tulips is cut out this the flowering stem. You can cut that completely away, but let the leaves die back a little bit more and uh, now the other thing you can do if they're in your way and you want to put in some bedding plants or whatever yeah. you can lift them and transplant them somewhere else so you can even though they haven't fully died back correct you can still dig them up we spoke about this before we did can you trim a rose bush now or is it too late 
Well, it's not too... If you cut them back, they're still going to... Like, if, if the rose is, um, you know, if it's spindly and it and it's not bushy and full, then I would recommend cutting it back. Or if there's a lot of disease on it, cut it back to maybe eight or nine inches from ground level, feed it well, and it will come back into growth. It'll flower late, it'll flower kind of the end of July, August, September. But you'll have tons of colour then for the autumn. So if they're a bit spindly and you know, not looking their best, then yes, cut them back, tidy them back, feed them, and they'll respond to that new growth. Um, but if they're, you know, if if they're full full and bushy and beginning to fl- produce flower buds, leave them well enough alone. Okay. So it depends, really, on... Um, somebody wondering, can they spray dicofar on wet grass? Well, ideally, ideally, the the grass should be dry and the weed should be dry because if you apply it to wet grass, naturally enough, it's it's mixing with the, the dew water. or the water. So, look at if you can leave it a couple of hours and put it on in dry weather, it's going to be a lot more effective. The other thing I often recommend is don't obviously don't cut the grass. So, dicoflower, just to explain to listeners, it's a specific weed killer for lawn weeds. So it doesn't kill grass, but it eliminates broadleaf weeds in lawns. Um, Apply it in dry weather. Mix a little bit of washing up liquid to the mix because you get a better stick onto the leaf. And if you've cut the lawn in the last three to four days, then don't use it. Let, let the lawn, you know, let the weeds come forward. So, you know, you should give a, a probably six to seven days between mowing and spraying. Um, and again, allow three days after spraying for the weeds to die back. Hope that all makes sense. But, but this is good weather for putting it on. But ideally, it, the grass and weeds should be dry. Okay, somebody says that they have berries on a holly tree in May... Uh, wow. is, is that what's going on is, is what they have written down so that's presumably that's very unusual is it? It is well it, it could be some of the old berries so there are there are varieties of holly like um, Golden King that the the birds dislike they don't tend to um, take the fruit off them so there could be the old berries coming through from last year um, holly flowers in late March early April it generally sets the fruit or the little berries should be green at this stage not red um, but it, it sounds to me like they're, they've carried over last year's berries. Okay. That's where you get the red colour. Okay. And that can often happen. Okay. You know, the, the berries will sit there and the birds clean them off or until they fall off naturally. And finally, finally, boxwood hedge covered in tiny white egg-like yeah. substance. Please help, says Porrick. Oh, okay, well, very common on boxwood. That's white aphid. Um, it, you can nearly rest assured that boxwood gets that every year. So it's like when you rub the plant, it's like dandruff on the on thing and it's the, the stems are sticky. So it's an aphid, it's a white aphid. Any insecticide will control it. Use the PY insecticide I mentioned before. It's safe to use, perfect for boxwood. Watch beech as well, beech hedging. That's going to, I see some white fly on it at the moment. So if people have beech in the garden, particularly young beech, it is advisable to give them a treatment of the PY spray now and that'll just... Uh, control the pest. So, in terms of Porik's question, that's uh, white aphid on boxwood. Get a bit of PY spray, spray it onto the foliage, and that'll kill them off. Lovely. But you can be, you can ne- rest assured you'll have that each year. That white aphid. So you you nearly spray them back in April and May. Kind of get ready for it. Exactly, you like your roses. Keep them, keep them clean, and uh, give them a liquid feed, and they'll be perfectly fine. And I know I got a call during the week, Porik. Can you just mention again the begonia that we had on the program last week? Uh, the one we mentioned was non-stop. Non-stop. I knew non-stop. One, yeah, something that. And as the name suggests, it doesn't stop flowering. It yeah. it wasn't flower here in the studio. It will continue to flower through till you know we're often pulling them out in October and November. 
December when they're still in full flower. Yeah, it's really a shame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, don't put them out of doors just yet. They are still frost sensitive. Okay. So plant them out in, in about two weeks' time. Lovely. And pet NCT, so next pet weekend. Pet NCT, if you want to book your pet in, 0949031435 or call the Garden Centre in Turlock. So it's next Saturday, the 21st, and Sunday or the 20th and 21st so it's next Saturday and Sunday okay great stuff listen thanks very much and we'll talk to you next Saturday yeah, and good gardening good gardening good morning to you thanks uh, to everyone for tuning our way for the last couple of hours stand by it is a very busy country classics live from uh, the Flachiol Wheel in Ballon Robe Michael Neary along after the news at 10 which is on the way next until next Saturday from me a very good morning to you